This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Okay. I'm going to get a bumper sticker on my car. It says Big Dick Inside. What do you think? That could be. We know what you're thinking. Did they fire off six fascinating points of interest or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all the excitement of watching and listening to Long Island's number one wrestling podcast, I've actually forgotten myself. But being this is the Monty and the Pharaoh podcast, live from indie music studios in Ronkonkoma, and the fact that they were talking to yet another champion wrestling star, one of the most powerful and talented performers from the wrestling franchise, and not to forget, well-informed and provocative interview questions asked and answered. It was such an interesting and entertaining hour, the questions nearly blew your head clean off. Now you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? And I will be riding high. Yes, I will be. 
out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. At the board is not Matty Ice. Yeah, that's not Matty Ice. We, we made a call to the bullpen today. The bu- Holy Mariano Rivera. Holy, it's Abe is in the house. Abe, how are you, buddy? It's Abe the Hammer. How you doing, man? Good to see you. I, I could see Matt's trained you well about not putting on your microphone. they're off! And we're off. Well, welcome to have Abe. Thank you for coming in and producing the show. Thank you for having me, man. Um, prayers oh, to uh, oh, I, 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 Melissa Coates, who uh, passed away yesterday. Yeah, um, man. Any thoughts on that at all? Well, first of all, I wasn't even aware of it until this morning. I, I think you might have broke the news to me. Um, we did see her with Sabu, didn't we? I'm trying to remember. I could have sworn we saw her with Sabu several years back. And uh, she was obviously very important to him in his, his own personal life. It's it's a bad loss for Sabu. It's a bad loss, period. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Um, They're dropping left and right, though. They continue to drop left and right. And Did actually, they say what she passed away from? I don't even know what she passed away from. Uh, well, some inside info, I guess, or maybe everybody knows already. But, okay. Uh, Supposedly, uh, she choked on her own vomit last oh, night, so I don't know what that means. Man. I mean, I have an idea. Yeah, well, right. Maybe, um, maybe liquor. Or, again, she's I, I gone through a tough time, right? She had her leg uh-huh. amputated. She and, did. Yeah. Oh wow. And uh, in actuality, we were supposed to have her and Sab- Sabu right. on right. Uh, a couple right. of weeks ago. Actually, yeah, a little while back, yeah. And uh, we just had some scheduling conflicts Correct. here, so we couldn't get it done. Correct. So we were hoping to have them on in you know a future show, but yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, well, well, you know. Prayers, prayers go out to her and her family, yeah, exactly. right? Exactly, and to Sabu too, man. Be strong, brother. Oh, man. And if you didn't know, you are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Farrow. And to the right is the star of the show, Mr. Jimmy Farrow. Jimmy, how are you, pal? I'm awake. Lately, uh, the, the, the Dracula's been coming out at the, at, the, at the rise of dawn. Let's not get into why, but all of a sudden I'm finding myself awake at 5 a.m. What's going on with me? That's it, brother. There's something wrong with That's that. That's it. I don't know. NyQuil doesn't even work. I'm awake at 5. I don't got know everybody in the house. we got Todd, 802 Blues, Phil, CJ, Maria. How are you guys? What so up? glad you can join what us up, tonight. What up? What up? Uh, we're going to have a great show as uh, yes, uh, yes, Lee uh, Cole oh. will be on shortly. we got a few things we do have to cover, though. Let's open up with uh, a little music news, I guess. And uh, Music news? Billie Eilish, uh, yeah. appalled and embarrassed by a resurfaced video containing anti-Asian remarks. Her quote, I want to barf. Billie Eilish has responded to resurfaced video that appears to show her mouthing an anti-Asian remark, apologizing for the behavior that she says made her want to barf. Mouthing? What does that mean? She didn't actually say it? She just mouthed it? What did she say? Wait a second. And Abe told me that this is from when she was very young, right? This this thing? From what I understand. How old was she when this thing came Look, out? Look, I don't know. Abe, age. you got any idea? Was she a teenager or something? What are we talking here? Break out that mic, Abe. There I he mean, goes. She just turned... 18, I think, recently, no? 18 okay. Yeah, she's, so she's it had pretty to young. have been when she was underage, I think. You know what I mean? Wow. High school. And, and they're all over her, huh? They're, so, yeah. I guess, lesson for young people. What? 
Watch what you do when you're younger because it's just going to all roll up well, you on you. Kidding. And again, you ain't kidding. I don't know. People do stupid stuff. And and, uh, and, and nowadays, too, could you imagine if everybody videotaped us back in the 80s, everything we were doing? Oh, you. I wouldn't be You'd a, have to lock oh, yourself well, away. Well, of course, me. I wouldn't be allowed to leave the house ever again. This is terrible. You can't, you can't say anything nowadays. No, you can't. You really can't. So over the weekend, um, one of the other uh, YouTube shows or podcast, I guess, out there, Marty Janetti, The Marty Party, I guess it's on Boston Wrestling. Now, now hold on a second. I, first, I have to do this. Okay, go ahead. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, even ins- don't even insult us with other. Uh, have you seen some of these other shows? Are you trying to make me reach for the barrel, barrel of Tums? I don't even want to buy. I want a barrel. All right, go on. So anyway, what so, about? So anyway, they've got Marty Jeanette. So we had Tony Atlas, who was part of that show at one point, and uh, okay. through whatever, whatever happened, he left that that network right. or didn't want to perform right. with them anymore. Right. So again, I wasn't part of it. In fact, I want to reach out and say thank you, Eight Hundred Two Blues, for telling me what was going on. I had oh, no idea Eight Hundred Two uh, what was happening. But okay. uh, Marty had a fallout over the weekend. He. Um, Marty Janetti's statement. That's, now, this is from... Uh, Fallout with the guy from this channel you're speaking right, of? Right, so it's okay. Dan. I think his name is Dan, right? Okay. Um, Dan put this on his Facebook. For those who watched our uh, Hell in the Cell watch-along last night, there was o- almost no words, no more words that need to be spoken. On Friday and Saturday, we had two great, fantastic days with Marty. He was engaged in the process, and we recorded some great interviews for you guys to enjoy in the summer. And then there was Sunday. Keep in mind that man had two major ankle surgeries this year and is in a lot of physical pain living with CRPS. I can feel his pain. No, you can't. Go on. Yesterday, unable to perform, (laughs) would be kind of wound up uh, wasting over four hours trying to sober Marty up. The interviews were produced with Decent before the live episode. All right. As we took a break to prepare to go live, Marty vanished. I had no idea... If he was coming back, and he left his phone at the hotel, it appears he went to an adult beverage store, and things declined at a rapid rate on the live episode. Again, keeping in mind the amount of pain he's in and the stress he's under with his current living conditions while trying to get back into full health. I tried to be patient, but a few comments crossed the line, and I had enough. I can't ever remember being that angry at one of our programs, but after eight hours of this, I was done. We also had no studio help that night between... It being Father's Day, people left seeing the condition he was in and the past experience. It was an embarrassment, yada, yada, yada. I guess everybody gets it. And then Marty didn't even get on the flight that he was booked on, but then later on booked it. He changed um, his flight, right. He I care later. about the human being. I want him to get better. I care about the human being, and I want him to get CJ Junker goes, other shows, Balderdash. Yeah, there you go. 802, party with Marty. Go ahead, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, how can you even be surprised that Marty from time to time will do this? This is Marty. So you've got to know who you're dancing with when you dance, first of all. If you care about him so much, why don't you talk to him privately? What are you doing putting this stuff out, you know? You know, we never claimed to be Marty's best friend when we had our situation with Marty. This is true. You know, we, you know I, sure, we all want Marty to do well and to be well, but you've got to know that from time to time, Marty says, fuck it. And Marty said, fuck it. So here's, here's my thing. And, I don't and know. guys out there that's listening, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is just the way I feel. This is like taking a shot at a guy, but constantly reminding like, oh, he's hurt and, you know, he's forgiven. But 
taking shots. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. It's, That's exactly what I'm saying. Oh, thing, you're a wonderful guy, but I'm going to destroy you yeah, right now. Right, right. You know, give me a break, man. No one's buying your bullshit. We don't think that you're so concerned with Marty. And by the way, I, I noticed what he does with these poor guys. They come in, uh, he lowballs them, and then he has them do 8,000 episodes in a row, right? That's, and then he plays that's the rumors. He plays them later. Oh, well, that's what I've I've heard from pretty pretty reliable people. You know, like people that have possibly already worked for him. <laughs> so I might actually know from the people who directly work with you. Anyway, uh, I don't know, bro. Again, you know, guys, if let them hate if, me. If, Go ahead, hate if, me. I don't if give a we're shit. wrong out there, please correct well, us. Well, what are we wrong you know? about? Again, I, I don't understand this. Well, you know what? Listen, How do you not know what you're I getting into with Marty? I don't know Dan that well. I don't really know him at all. To tell the truth, right? Seems like an okay guy, right? But what I've heard from Tony and what I've heard from Marty, right. this may not be such a good guy. Right. And you know uh, what? Not for nothing. I think he got off easy because Marty's got a mean right hand. He does. He's got a mean just right ask, hand. Just ask my fat ass. Uh, Wait a says, second. You're not fat anymore. You name, can't use they that They name it Party and Marty and then get mad when he parties. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, we did learn the hard way with Marty. Absolutely. Let's, let's, you know, come on. We paid him well, and all of a sudden he showed up. I was like, all what right. the hell's going on? But anyway. we got to get to our guests soon, Marty. but I've got to go over something, dude. So go ahead. I watched the A&E documentaries. These, these documentaries are wonderful. We've spoken about them. Yeah. Everybody out there, I guess you guys have seen them. I hope you saw them. Right. But they, have a, they had a documentary uh, China. on China. Ooh. Um, it's a new documentary from Vice Director Maristach aims to give a definitive account of the wrestling's phenom- phenom's life. Mm-hmm. It was incredible rise of sudden downfall. It was shown on Vice Versa on Vice TV, um, both as Lo- China and Joni Laura, Laura, the woman behind most devastating low blows <laughs> in wrestling. <laughs> they were making the reconstruction of China. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could do it over, I would have never been a wrestler. That's, that is her quote. Interesting. That is her quote. Very interesting. I will tell you, everybody out there, I was emotionally scarred, mm. disturbed. Angry. Angry. There you go. Disgusted. That too. Okay, first of all. Um, that too. I got to get this in real quick. Go I got to kick this thing off. You know what really bothers me? Go. That Scumbag manager couldn't leave her alone. She was happy in Japan. Real quick, Mr. Iron Body, Iron Bodybuilder. We're going to get into it, brother. Right. But you put China was murdered. That is exactly the fact. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Farrah. It just irks me to no end that China had actually was seemed to be finding contentment and happiness in Japan teaching. She was happy. And along comes this scumbag with this bill of sales that was worthless. And he was worthless. And he... Pulled her out of her happiness and brought her back into the... Listen, for China wrestling, the world of pro wrestling was almost like like toxic for her. She was better off in Japan living a a regular life or attempting to live a regular life than probably the kind of life she had probably never really known, you know? So to me, it's kind of sad. I don't know what your take is on that, but leave the woman alone. You dragged her back here and look what happened. What a quick dissension into the she pits. does she does she did what she wanted to do it's true. her life no, that's okay true but, but you're you're 100 percent right I feel like you're she you're right. bamboozled by a con man and look I want to just happened. go through the list of people that were on this show go ahead and I'm gonna go from something from like okay to worst we're going okay so All we're right? getting increasingly worse as we go okay right? fine so we're gonna open up with her sister Kathy Hamilton right? shoot Kathy Hamilton her sister um. 
her her blood. Yeah. In my opinion, from watching this documentary, again, incredible documentary. Okay. Um, did her best to bring China out of whatever issues she that tried she was to help. having. Okay. Eight oh two. She did do historic stuff in Japan. Um, I don't blame this young lady. Right. She tried to save her her sister, and her sister just didn't want the help. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, and as far as Japan goes, yes, I think she was doing a program with Chono of all people. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, very absolutely. Good. good, good call there. Um, I have no problem with her sister. Okay. Okay. Um, her That's sister fine. told the story. About her family, look, broken family, big problems, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, China, China, okay like I, human being. Like I said, when she was starting to, like, fi- I think she was starting to find some normalcy in Japan that she probably had never really truly had. You know, that's why I'm upset that this guy came along and yanked it back here to America and the rest was just a, 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 a rapid decline. But All right, so let's go next up. Mick, Mick Foley? Mick Foley. Okay. This is what he, this is what he, great quote. This quote is, got, you know, again, I think I got it right. It okay. might be off by a few words. Being a wrestler is trust without it does not work. Mm-hmm. But a wrestler goes to the outside world with that trust and people take advantage. Bingo. Searching for acceptance from total strangers. Yeah, bingo. That yeah. is China Mick in a Foley, nutshell. Mick Foley's brilliant. He really is. He didn't yeah. say he tried to save her. Yeah. He, you know, he said he was concerned about her. Right. But he didn't go overboard. No. They asked her opinion. Right. He gave his opinion about her yeah. and her issues. Right. No problems with Foley. Okay. Very cool. Well spoken. He's a caring human being. He's a bright man. So okay. we've got two people on there. I'm an ass man. Go ahead. Billy Gunn. What do you got? Billy Gunn. Yeah. This pissed me off. Okay. Okay. Fair oh, enough. You know, he's in a couple of clips. Right. He says, I was angry when she passed. I don't know why. Then I realized, why didn't she just reach out to me? Bro, are you what? kidding me? Are what? you kidding me? What? Us, fans yeah. of the sport, yeah. knew this girl was going to it die. It was an absolute mess, yes. What, this came as a shock to him? And I'm sure he could have contacted her if he was so worried about her. No? Couldn't he have, like, done something for her? Stupid comment. Just a stupid comment. Why didn't she reach out to you? I don't know, man. Yeah. Lame. All Again, right. if you're going to say things just to say it, don't say it at yeah, all. Yeah, I, I guess. I guess, You know, maybe he was so absorbed in his own life that he just didn't give her any thought. Maybe he'd be better off just being honest about that. I didn't really think much about her, and then she was dead, and then I was like, shit. Why don't you just say that? I don't know. Just say it. Yeah, I don't know. I know that Cornette said, you know, Cornette talked about this documentary, and again, we'll speak about Cornette Jim, at the end of this. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Um, Cornette, yeah. Cornette said that Billy Gunn lied his ass off and tried to put her over as this great wrestler. I believe Jim Cornette, but that's me. And I, on the other hand, think that China was a good wrestler. She was a good wrestler. Very entertaining. I think she was serviceable. We talked about this earlier today. She's Uh, iconic. Of course she is. Of course she is. But there's plenty of wrestlers who don't have to be technical gurus. And, of course, they're iconic. There's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. China is a legend. Period. Thank you. You know, as far as her work in ring, you want to get all nerdy and marky? No, she's not Kenny Omega. I would be sickened if she wrestled like Kenny Omega. I wanted to be what she was. She was great at what she did. Mother Jan LeCue, 30 years of no relationship with her daughter. Don't even. To quote, to quote, she looked all over, but I couldn't find her. Okay, now I'm mad. You can't. Find now I'm mad because ninth you know, wonder of the world. You, you, you got, can't find her. First of all, you should have been so proud of her. 
so freaking proud of her. And and this is what goes on? 30 years of no relationship and now you give a shit? Book, talk about too little, too late. Shove it up your crank shoe. But how about... What is that? I looked all over, but uh, I couldn't find her. Looking high, looking low. No, huh? How do you not find China? She's huge. I don't understand. So I, as Dude, I'm this watching is, this, this as shit. I'm watching this, Jimmy, I'm thinking to myself, this poor girl. Yeah. There's no one there to help her. Dude, there's nothing worse than a parent who says, piss off, you don't even exist. I can't deal with this. This is horrible treatment. This would have fucked me up unbelievably. Gets God, worse. I feel horrible for China. That's horrible. So this list gets worse, right? All right. Now we ahead. have producer and cameraman, the peace and love guy, Rob Pot. YOLO, I guess that's how you pronounce it. What is it. this, a deadhead reject? So what this is this guy, piece of love shit? This guy's sitting you? there blaming everybody through the documentary to help Joni. Yeah. But no one would help her. Yeah, what did he do? Where? What were you doing, did, dude? Did he do something? Yeah, he had sex with her. Oh, wow. And he did yoga. Yoga? Yoga. Yeah. Did he smoke pot? Because he's got the word pot in his name when he was doing yoga. What? What? Jeremy, yes, definitely. Horrible mother. And again, I don't like to call anybody's mother horrible. No, dude, but no, you know what? I got every right. She sucks. But, she's, but the mother is in the middle of the list. It just gets worse. Oh, I mean, this this, this this yoga guy, this producer, yeah. takes no credit for contributing, contributing right. to the death of this lady. Right, right. right. Are people this... Effed up in the world? Dude, Is there anybody that takes you responsibility? Know what? It seems to me like everybody just got a piece of her, and, and good luck to your life and where you're at mentally. If you die, that's the way it goes, and let me try to make money off you before you go. But hold I on. think it's absolute shit. The director, like, yeah. Eric Angra. Oh. Right? Now we get to the big prize. He has sex with her, too. Yeah. And again, they don't talk about this in a documentary, but I did enough investigation that these two gentlemen were with her. Yeah. He decides he's going to go shoot heroin with her. Because, you know, hey, why not? Girls having trouble. I'm supposed to be doing a documentary on it. But no, guess what? We're just going to go sh- shoot heroin together because that's what she needs. Let me help her out because I care. This piece of shit needs beating. Well, he went to jail. Yeah. Well, I hope he got a real anal beating in jail. What the hell? What is this? Loose Cannon, China did get a raw deal in the WWF, but, you know, again, if you're going to talk about that, look. Very true. She went to, we, we were discussing this earlier. You know. She went to Jim Ross. Yeah. Okay, That's, regardless regardless tell. what the situation was yeah. between Triple H, Stephanie, Let's and her, that love business. triangle. This is On a business. business level, she this... went to Jim Ross right. and said, I am the woman Stone Cold Steve yes. Austin. I want a million dollars. And right. Jim Ross said, guess what? Right. You're not worth it. And on top of it, if I can add to that, it wasn't just the financial or the delusionary statement like, I am the female Stone Cold Steve Austin. She wanted to work with just the guys. Could you imagine China, like, you know, pinning the rock? It's not happening. She wanted to work with Taker. She wanted to work with all the guys because the guys could handle the fact that she was big and wrestle with her accordingly. The women back in those days were extremely small. What, Terry Reynolds is going to give China a hip toss? Never. So she wanted to work with the guys on top of it. So she wants the same pay as the biggest stars that she wants to work with them? No. This is not happening. It's not businessly realistic. They had to let her go. She can't make a demand like that. A million dollars? I'm worth as much as Stone Cold? Guys, come on. You all know at home that that's a bad business move. You would not give her that kind of money. You would not pay her what Stone Cold well, gets. And if she held you over to Coles, bye. 
Then, then wait. Then she hooks up with X Pac, Sean Waltman. Okay. And you know, Sean Waltman. You know, can I at least say that at least he he said I'm the biggest piece of crap for doing this to her. At least he said it. So he says it. It doesn't because help. That's forgiving, right? It's if not, I say that I screwed better, up this but... girl's life, I'm forgiven. Nope. No. I'm sorry no, I... I did drugs with you. I'm sorry I made you do porn. Right? He I'm should be sorry. He should be sorry that he made us look at that little pecker of his. That thing was pretty big. Not, not, in my, not in Pharaoh's book. You call that a staff? Pharaoh's always putting himself over. Everybody. I don't need to put myself over. I have trouble freaking sitting down. What are you talking about? Holy tree stump. Anyway. Sting is 10. <laughs> Guys, she was an adult. People have to be more responsible. Of course. Agreed. Of course. That's true. But you know what? Very true. Here's the problem with that comment, my friend. But so many people. You can't her. allow people like the biggest fucking chicken hawk out there, Uh-oh. Vince Russo. Here we go, Mister Agenda. Oh, yeah. This guy is the lowest piece of shit. I, <laughs> I, I gotta be honest with you. I never liked him to begin bro. with, bro. Bro, this guy bro. is a stinger. He's a chicken hawk. Bro. So people take advantage of people like Joni China. Right? They Bro. take advantage. Yeah. So, yeah, she's responsible for her whole own life. I get it. But with these chicken hawk, this chicken hawk, this, this. You know what that chicken hawk Walking did? piece of garbage? You know what that chicken hawk did? That chicken hawk saw the sun setting on China's life and got as much out of her as he could for his shit show. That's, that's right. What, that's what he did. That's right. You know? So, and if you don't like it, Vince, fuck you. Okay. And, and Phil, you're right about that, right? Don't push back on Vinnie Mac. But, you know, we had John Arizzi in studio. He basically, John Arizzi was on a, a quick ride towards being part of the WWE, and Vince Russo derailed him, took advantage, oh, yeah. and screwed him over. That was, that was a fisting without KY. Absolutely. And you heard it from, but again, we got to get to our guest, okay? Mm. Um, dude, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, if Vince Russo ever wants to come on this show, I will not take part of this show. No, I totally agree. I won't even agree. be able to control myself. Well, you know what? If there's no Monty, there's no Pharaoh, so he could talk to himself. That works for me. Here's the worst. This is the worst guy. Manager Anthony Enzaldo. I guess I'm saying it right. Okay. Um, so, Dude, am I really reading this right? Go ahead. Read this so to the he, audience. He, he realizes that Joni's not picking up her phone. So he gets his friend. They bring the camera. He knows what he's walking into. I can't. He films it. And, you know, here's a quote. He films, oh, my God. He films this what? Is the, he, he films Joni's dead body? opens the door. Of course. They don't show this on the documentary, guys, but he did film it. Oh, my God, the cameraman says, something smells, Anthony. I don't have a good feeling about this. Right? Yeah. They walk in, they walk in on her. Okay. All right? And at one point, dude. This is sick, bro. He claims on the video that he was trying to get her help by calling the show Intervention. Because everything's about TV. His wife, his wife, the mother wanted to split the ashes and she wanted half for herself. This guy had a tribute and had pictures taking, people taking pictures with her ashes. I was sick to my stomach. Then I had enough. Fucking maggot. I'm sorry I'm cursing so much this week, guys, but I just can't help it. Fucking maggot, man. That's a fucking maggot. I mean, what kind of monster is this guy? What kind of sick, 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 sick fuck is this? You're a sick fuck. Isn't uh, there, isn't there, is there any kind of law against that kind of thing? I, there should be something that's so fucking indecent. 
Did he capitalize off this? He like what? He sell photos of this? I mean, what are we talking about here? It's sick, bro. Anyway, it's guys, so sick. it's a great documentary, Philly. You said you weren't sure you want to watch. You should watch it. But I'm telling you, you're just going to get sick to your stomach because the animals that are out here that take advantage. If you if you're weak. Like she was. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I'm sorry to th- interrupt you, but apparently you wrote right here, this guy took a rashes and had fans pose with it for cash? Of course. This is fucking sick. Again, sorry about the uh, four little words this week, guys, but this is, like, too serious to just keep it. All right, we're running a little long. So I want to thank the band that sings the theme song for Monty and Farrow and Jimmy Farrow, along with his partner, Bart Griggs. Make up the band, Wisteria Hall. Mm. Catch Wisteria Hall's music on YouTube. Go to their YouTube page. Give them a thumbs up. Give them a subscribe, everybody, please. You can also catch their music on Spotify, Apple Music, Reverb Nation. they got such great songs as In My Dreams, This Life, Not Far Behind, Here Comes the Rain. You are watching Monty Nefaro. You can catch us on the Monty Nefaro YouTube page, the Monty Nefaro Facebook Live page, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Anchor, Twitch TV. Catch us on New York Cable every Tuesday on Channel 115 from 7 p.m. to 7.30. And for early risers on Channel 115 from 6 a.m. to 6.30. Catch us in a little while from now on Channel 20 New York Cable from 2 a.m. to 2.30. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. Guys, I hear you out there about Corny versus Vince Russo. I'd like to see them both fight on top of a building and both fall off and die. And that would be my ultimate dream. We'll be right back with our special guest, the return of Lee Cole. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto excellence. Collision specialist. 631 631- Two six one six four two zero. That's six three one two six one six four two zero. Auto Excellence. Hi, it's Josh Under the Table Hot Sauce. I'm here with my friend, the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Yeah, what's up, JB? Nah, nothing. It's been a hot summer, and for all your barbecue needs, you can go to UndertheTableHotSauce.com. Thirteen unique flavors to choose from. Created and bottled in a Long Island kitchen, under the table hot sauce.com. Let's go chow, JB. Let's do it. All the flavor, twice the burn. That's right, folks. Canine Corral for all your dog daycare and overnight care. Call 631 549 1544. That's 631 549 1544. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, only seen here out of Indie Music TV, straight out of Ronkonkoma, Long Island. We want to welcome back friend of the show, just an overall great guy, Lee Cole. Lee, how are you, buddy? Welcome back, my friend. Well, pretty good, but you're exaggerating, so, but I'll take it. <laughs> well, what do you mean we're exaggerating? You're a good guy. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it depends. It depends who you ask. But, there you go. You know. Yeah, there you go. Um. So I'm sorry, we went a little long-winded on the whole China situation. I don't know if you saw that documentary, and uh, yeah, very sad, very sad. It's easy for people to attack people once they're dead. They did the same thing to uh, Ultimate Warrior too. Mm. They're both dead. They can't really defend themselves. Right. Right. Um. Let me ask you something, you know, being that your brother was involved in the wrestling business, uh, do you find that wrestling is different than the outside world or is it just a microcosm of what's going on 
you know, how people have to deal with? It's worse. Uh, there's no honor. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, when this whole thing first originally started, uh, when, when my brother passed on, um, I had everybody come running to me for shows, you know, and, and, and sure, you know, I went on quite a few shows and I talked about my brother and I did it for no other reason, but to hope that people were listening what this company did and what they got away with. But yet, including yourself, we have the defenders of Pat Patterson. We have the defenders of Vince McMahon. And it's proven fact what Vince McMahon did. Vince McMahon went to Phil Munchnick in a conversation, and Phil Munchnick put this in his deposition, that Vince McMahon told him, we knew about Mel Phillips. We fired him, and then we hired him back. And then you were on the show saying it's Bruno's fault. Uh, first of all, it was Jesse Ventura was the first person to ever go to my brother and say, stay away from that guy. And that's the guy who became the governor of Minnesota. Uh, so, and it's not easy for guys like Bruno, who's probably at that time the highest paid wrestler in the world, let's say. Uh, so is he supposed to go to Vince? Uh, this can't happen. I'm going to quit. I'm going to give up my career. It's Vince's job to make sure this does not go on in the company. It's not Bruno's job. Vince and Linda McMahon knew what was going on. Vince admitted it. They are responsible, not the wrestlers. That's just my opinion. Okay. Uh, the only thing I'll say to that, Lee, is, is, is that as far as Bruno goes, I, I, I feel that Bruno, it, to me, it comes across as sour grapes. I do not deny whether or not your brother was wronged. I do believe he was. I don't have all the particulars that you do, and I don't have the eyewitness, you know, or meeting Vince or any of that that you unfortunately had to go through. But as far as it goes with Bruno, and especially superstar Billy Graham, these guys were pissed at Vince, and they I definitely think that they were not too... Uh, shy on going after him over this matter as part of their bitter grapes. That's the only thing I have to say about those two guys. I think your brother was absolutely mishandled personally, and I think Mel Phillips is a piece of shit. So let's just get that out of the way right now. As far as the year, uh, what year exactly did your brother first start in the company, please? In the mid-80s. Uh, okay. In, in the mid-80s mid yes. mid at that point, Bruno San Martino is not the highest paid wrestler in the business. Bruno Sammartino okay. is basically done and is going to do a final program with Macho Man Randy Savage within a year or two of that. So Bruno and Bruno had basically already had his son sent away. So I do believe at that point, I do believe Bruno Sammartino should have said something. And Superstar Graham was long gone. He should have... If if I believe more wrestlers, and again, I understand that you feel that Vince is the prime guy. I get all of that because, after all, it starts at the top. But a lot of these wrestlers didn't say shit, and I think that they should have. And you can't tell me that there weren't options to work other places in those days. You could make great so you money. Are you, are you including Jesse Ventura in this? Jesse Ventura gave, gave you the heads up, did he not? No, Jesse Ventura knew about it. If you, come on, if Jesse Ventura went up to Tom mm -hmm. and said to Tom mm -hmm. that you got to stay away from him, that right. guy's no good. Well, at least he that said that. That means he knew. Right. But he knows. Right, right. 
Well, then it you know what? Matter whether then he I, says then anything you know what? Yeah, I'll include Jesse Ventura in that. What am I afraid to say that about Jesse Ventura? He should have said something, right? I agree. He should have said something, Lee. I got Go, no going problem. to someone and saying, "Hey, stay away from this guy. He's he's dangerous." Right? Is you know? Again, we're talking about young men. Right. Right. All right. So right. this this is certainly right. an issue. Right. Lee, I, I'm offended for you. I'm offended for your brother. I think it's an absolute joke that nobody ever stood up for this. Someone should have. And you know what? You could. It's, I know it's 2020 hindsight, but my partner's known me long enough. I'm the lunatic who would. I'm the guy who would. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would. Uh, and how about, the, how about the fact when you're doing wrestling shows on TV, mm. they're talking about Terry Garvin's backdoor or school of backdoor, all that crap. Right. Now, was that, was that Gorilla? Was that Gorilla who said that? That was Gorilla. They all knew. Everybody in the company knew what was going on. Every Understood. damn one of them. Understood. And but the but it, like you said, it starts at the top. Mm-hmm. And you know, and, and you know something. And then Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson. Okay, if you're a woman and you're working in the business, and you have a guy come up to you and grab your crotch and your ass mm. and lick his lips, mm. would that be sexual harassment? Oh yeah. Oh, How yeah. come it's not with him? <sighs> You think I got an answer for you? I don't. I but don't I, know. But, you, you guys, you know. but I hear you guys on the show saying Pat Patterson or the guy in Boston. Uh, Pat Patterson's a friend of the show. Pat Patterson was a, was a sexual harasser and continuous, not mm-hmm. even a little bit. Yeah. Not even a little bit. Okay. Understood. And it was all the time. My brother was a 16-year-old boy that would be walking by Pat Patterson. He'd be staring at his crotch and licking his lips. Mm. We never no. got to meet Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson had no association with this well, show. Well, no, we met Pat Patterson. He's just never been Pat on the Patterson? show. We met Pat Patterson. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, uh, so, okay. Lee, I'm, I'm going to say this, on. and this is not an excuse, okay? But times have changed. This was a different time when your brother was there. That's true. Um, people acted differently. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately. Toward, toward things, children. Toward children. No, they acted sickening. Again, sickening I'm not defending way. this. All I'm saying is, is that if... Okay, so we got we have priests in jails for this. We have priests that uh, biggest cover up in the Catholic Church. You know, a matter of fact, the guy that did the story about the priest, he went over to the Washington Post, and then we, then they started the story about what was going on in WWE, and the whole story was done. And that guy who had the balls to go after the priest dropped the story at the last minute. Mm. So you know. It, this is just a very frustrating thing because you know what it is? People, this is where Vince McMahon was brilliant. He changed the company to entertainment. And when he did that, he skated around a lot of things. My, my brother was taught about with steroids from Hulk Hogan and Jesse Ventura. They talked to him about cycles, what to do about them. They, they shot him and they shot him in the ass. They even asked him to shoot him in the ass. I mean, come on. I mean, these are boys doing this. These guys, they're all, you know, think about them all. To do stuff like that with these boys running around. Lee, whatever happened to the rest of the kids that had been potentially or possibly or factually violated by these, uh, you know, the Terrys and the Mel's? Where are they now? Why, why, have, okay. why have you guys oh. not pulled together and said, you know That's what? That's not true. I mean, no, I mean I'm That's talking currently. I'm asking you. I'm Seven. asking you. We what have. You, I'm telling you. Go ahead. And this is what I'm going to tell you right tonight. Sure. Seven people have come forward since my brother died. Okay. Four of them. Four of them are in states mm-hmm. that still have what they call the um, 
uh, age of, uh, uh, the age of majority. If this happened at the age of 18, uh, like in, I'll give you an example. In Connecticut, you have 30 years, I believe. And, uh, and there's another state. Um, let me see. Massachusetts, you have 35 years. Maine, you can file any time. We have four of the people from the states of Maine, Massachusetts, and from Connecticut. Four. There were seven people. Three of them are in states that don't have no uh, uh, statutes of limitation. Right. So there are things going on right now. And there's also a very big story coming out very shortly. Uh, everything is a slow process. You know, you have Jerry McDivitt that has been attacking me viciously, sending letters to people saying that I'm everything. He actually said that I kidnapped a woman. What? Yeah, he said he sent a letter out saying that I kidnapped a woman that I was charged with. I had a fight with the woman that I live with right now. Okay. I had an argument with one day and I got in trouble for it because she got me in trouble. Fair enough. I married that woman. I'm with that woman. You know? Yeah, it sounds and like there was never a resolve. Been, yeah, go on. Yeah, it was resolved. They, sure. they apologized to me. It was dropped. Mm -hmm. The newspaper that printed the story apologized to me mm -hmm. because it was not true. But yet you had been, this is right after my brother died. You had Jerry McDivitt out there pushing this story that was not true. Why did he do that? What What was his motivation to do that? Discredit me. Okay. That's was, all was he, he Was he sensing that after your brother passed that you might resurface and come back to give him a, a headache and a half? That's why he would do something like this? I did give him. I did give him a headache and a half, and they were watching me all the time. There you go. Yeah, but I, I got it. I did it. I had a tweet I put out that got a half a million hits. I right. mean, come on. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, so it was out there, and you know, and I, and still, you know what it is. Um, now culture is so different because they only take down who they want. Let me give you a perfect example. When Linda McMahon ran for the Senate. Uh, Senator Murphy ran against her the first time. Blumenthal ran against her for the second time. The Blumenthal camp got a hold of me, and they they already were working on what was going on with the kids and everything, and they wanted more information on it. And then, when and despite the fact that Blumenthal and Murphy knew what the WWF did, and they had the facts in front of them, and they investigated this, uh, they still both voted for her. Despite the fact that you had a company that she was in charge of that had molestation charges, uh, allegations, how many, it's like you're, you know, you're just talking before about Billy English making a slur, you know, in her mouth mm -hmm. and uh, she has to, and she has to apologize. Right. We're talking about kids being molested. Right. Right. And, you know, a serious level, no one's taking a joke. You know, unfortunately, this happened in the world of wrestling which everybody thinks is fake. But this story about what happened to these kids is not fake. It's very real, right? Very real. And, you know, and then, you know, Jerry McDivitt came out with the thing, well, Tom had a tumor, he killed himself. No, Tom was extremely, Tom was devastated when he seen how much um, people were praising Pat Patterson. And the biggest, and the whole thing about that whole scenario that really gets me is our, uh, Tom's corrupt lawyer after the lawsuit. He let Tom go into a room with Jerry McDivitt by himself right. and have sign all these papers, and not one time did his lawyer ever say, I want to see that stuff before it's signed. 
you know, so this whole thing was so corrupt. Lee, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then I have a, a, a serious question about uh, someone else that was involved in this, and I want to hear your viewpoint on this. We'll be right back. Okay. And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Sport and non-sport cards, wrestling items, autographed items. We buy, sell, and trade. M&J Video Games and Collectibles, located at 1049 Queen Street, Southington, Connecticut. Call us at 1-860-479-9223 or 860-93-GAMES. M&J Video Games and Collectibles. Do you treat your dog as part of the family? <laughs> well, so do we. So why not celebrate your pup's birthday with the ultimate party box? Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Party Pup Info, and let us make your pup's party or any celebration perfection. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro, seen here on Thursdays out of Indie Music TV. We have the honor of having the brother of Tom Cole, Lee Cole, in studio lee um welcome back and again we all know what a terrible thing happened to your brother and things that you're going through trying to get your brother justice mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i challenge you with this sir uh yep. you know we spoke about china earlier and we spoke about bruno and jesse ventura so i ask you this does anyone have a backbone? Because I clearly remember on Donahue where Elizabeth was sitting next to your brother during that whole attack on Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. Uh, are you telling me that even Miss Elizabeth didn't have a backbone back then? Well, what happened there is the, the, the day that Tom met with Vince McMahon and that whole crap went down on a Sunday. Uh, the following day, we went on to Donahue, and Vince did not know about me until my brother told him. And then, so what they did is basically, they showed up at um, NBC. Vince was in one limousine. Linda and Elizabeth was in the next limousine. So the, their, their whole thing that they did was split us up through the whole, in the next three days. Vince was with me. Linda was with Tom. And that day, Elizabeth, just out of the blue, they bought beautiful Elizabeth for my horny 21-year-old brother to look at. Mm. And um, so not only that, she was standing within that two feet of him throughout the whole thing, following him around like a little puppy dog everywhere he went, talking to him, smiling, laughing, sitting next to him in the audience. And you can find out on the Donahue show when they, should, when they go to him in the audience. Uh, and... Um, I was so disgusted that I, I stayed in the green room in the back. Um, but, you know, it was uh, so well planned by Vince McMahon. He's a master at it. I'm not going to take that away from him. He knew exactly what he, what he was going to do. When we got to the elevator, he made sure that him and I went up together, nobody else in the elevator. 
you know, he literally put his arm in Scotland uh, and Tom and for, and uh, Elizabeth from getting into the elevator. Um, you know, and it's just, you know, and that's just one, that's just part of the whole scenario of go, then going to the meeting after the Phil Donahue show, which lasted another two days. And you know, this is a man that shut down a restaurant when we had our meeting uh, in, in Connecticut. He literally, we you know, during dinner, we went into the restaurant. It was empty. I mean, that's how much he did not want the media to know about this. This is how much this whole entire thing with uh, Tom meant to him to getting it resolved. And you know what? He got it resolved and he saved this company. Yeah, but you didn't Pretty an- simple. You didn't answer my question, though. Are you telling me that every wrestler knew what was going on and they all partook in taking down to make sure that Tom did not take down the WWE. I can't say that. No. How can I say that? I don't know what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. Not every okay. wrestler. That's okay. a ridi- that's a ridiculous question. That that I mean, moment uh, that moment at the elevator because this I don't think is a ridiculous question. Actually, I don't think your question was ridiculous either, but bear with me, Lee. At that moment at the elevator where Vince holds up his hand and he says, you come with me. At any point, did you think to yourself, I do not want to be separated from my brother? No. Or was Vince's aura just so damn overpowering that no one said anything and you just went up with him because... Boom. Boom. You hit it right on the button. Okay. I just want to understand that. At any point over those three days, did you think to yourself, I want to see my brother. Did you ask to see your brother? No, While you guys no. were separate, I got, I got, I got, I got caught up in the whole thing. Okay, out of doubt. You're being honest. I got that, caught that up works. because because okay. he is because he's because Vince McMahon. McMahon is ve- he's When we were there, do you think that everybody there went to say hi, hey, it's Elizabeth? No, mm-hmm. they went to say hey, it's Vince McMahon. Right. It was like walking next to a movie star. Right. Right. That's do what you, it was like. Do you honestly? I seen a guy. That guy. I'm sorry. Ahead. That guy was more popular. That any up to that point in my life, I have never been to near anybody with that much charisma. And Were he you, is full of charisma. I know that I know that your brother was starstruck by working for them, and that's understandable, man. We all love wrestling. I know he was starstruck. Were you starstruck by Vince McMahon? For one day. Okay. Okay. Well, I could deal with one that. One day. Oh, okay. I until the second day of the meeting. The, well, actually, the first night. Vince McMahon started harassing me for names, and then he wanted me to sign a couple things, and I refused to sign them. And then he wanted me to speak to Fairfax Investigations, uh, and he said that he had a couple people that he wanted me to speak to from Fairfax. But at that time, I had a warrant out for my arrest. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I ain't speaking to nobody from Fairfax. Mm. And when I told him I wasn't going to speak to nobody from Fairfax, um, he all of a sudden you could see his neck bulge, and he was getting mad at me. And then I started getting mad and we started having like a little battle going on. Mm. And the friendliness of the first day between Vince and I started ending. Okay. And um, that's, you know, without a doubt. When I could, come on, guys, you, you have a new show. Vince McMahon shows up and you go walk into NBC Towers with him. Aren't you going to be a little bit in awe? Absolutely. That's why I asked the question. Absolutely. Yeah. I understand. I understand yeah. it. No, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I wasn't in awe mm-hmm. because the guy... He had this red suit on, and it fit him 
he's a, like a six foot three, six foot four man. Mm-hmm. He weighs like 230 pounds of pure muscle, mm-hmm. big dude, intimidating, sure. very handsome man. He looked sure. like a fucking movie star. But, but, you, yeah. but Lee, do you think, do you think in your right mind that Vince McMahon was okay with his employees taking advantage of young children? Or was he angry and realized that maybe I've got to scramble, but still possibly angry at these idiots? It's a mystery. Nope. It's a mystery. Okay. Because you guys are just saying it pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a mystery because here you have a man whose company is just turning the corner. Mm-hmm. It's becoming a billion dollar industry all of a sudden. Right. And then he has, I'll give you an example. There's a video online one in the middle of our negotiation, these two guys were still working for the WWF. And on top of that, there's a video online that shows Mel Phillips and Terry Garvin in a wrestling hall with a bunch of Boy Scouts Ooh. while we were negotiating. Ugh. And the video is out there. You can go find it on YouTube. Question for you. Know, well, well Jimmy, I got. I go just ahead. got a real quick. Uh, first, it. I want to get uh, Phil. Phil Descara is asking out there. Phil, I keep messing up your last name. At one point, you're gonna have to teach me how to say your right name, <laughs> oh, and you know, God. so I do apologize. He says, "The Caesar." Thanks. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Uh, he wants to know, Lee. Patty. Do you think Terry Funk attacking attacking Mel Phillips was a work, a shoot, or both? Wow. I think that when these guys attacked Mel Phillips, they knew what he was and they wanted to hurt him. Nice. So also, yeah. also on a the moon. On a, Tom told me the Moon Dogs. The Moon Dogs hated them and tore them apart. I hope they used the bone on them, not to make a joke. No, they beat them up. I hope they, they used beat the them bone. Up. It's on. It's, a, it's on video. Tom's there too. They beat the daylights out of him. Good. So uh, again, maybe another ridiculous question by me, but there's a Piper's Pit out there where your brother's clearly seen with Mel Phillips, and they're together mm-hmm. in the back behind the curtain at yeah. Piper's Pit. I just wonder if someone was that uncomfortable being around someone like that. And again, I am not defending Mel Phillips. Uh, you know, I had the same problem with John Arizian's studio. I am not defending this man, but I'm asking legitimate questions because I just find it hard to believe if you're in that kind of situation, why you would be backstage behind Piper's pit, behind a curtain with someone you detest and is taking advantage of you. Yeah, let me tell you a quick story. When I, when, I don't know if you guys remember the combat zone up in Boston. Yeah. Um, it was a very rough area. I worked up there for two years in 1978 and 79. And there was this gangster named Teddy Venus. And all of a sudden, he started driving me around in this car, and he got very close to me. Then they started calling me Teddy's boy. Mm. And uh, and this is a true story. And when one guy explained to me why, I went and told Teddy, look, I'm not like that. And then after that, Teddy just stopped talking to me. It's up to the individual. But at that time, I was 18. Tom was 13, 14. And when you're 13 and 14, it's a lot different than when you're 18. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and like when Tom, when Tom was 19 years old and they took him, uh, when Terry took him to the, his house, Tom rejected him right away. He's lucky Tom didn't beat the shit out of him at that point. Mm. You know, and, 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 you know, that's what it comes down to because Tom was a street kid. He was a tough kid. He wasn't no punk. Right. You know, I wouldn't fight him. I used to beat the daylights out of him. And one time when he was 17, I went to grab him. I couldn't move him. And I said, okay, I'm not doing this no more. Yeah, this is over now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Lee, it's over. <laughs> Lee, at, Lee, at any point, I got to get this out. I need to know if this ever happened. And if not, why not? When you went for that meeting over those three days, did you 
or your representation at any point, because I would have asked for this, demand a sit-down in the office with Vince, Mel, and Mr. Garvin. Mr. Garvin and Mel were gone at that time. No, we did not. Um, They promised us their exact words were the three of them were not coming back. That was it. And my biggest mistake, the thing I regret, is the day I walked out of there and I left Tom. Um, Because I had a very, very bad feeling. Hmm. You know, and then after that, you know, you have to remember these people took my best friend and turned them on me. They had me arrested. You know, and then, you know, they're having a meeting at Titan Towers on how to get me out of the way. You know, here I am. And yeah, why, why do they give a shit about a couple little street kids? By the way, because my brother, my brother never lied. My brother never lied. You know what? I was full of shit on a few things. Everybody around there. But the only person that was 100% truth all the time was my brother. Mm. Stinger 10 wants to know, where were your parents? Mm. My, they, we, this is what they prayed on. They prayed on kids from broken families. Okay. We came from a broken family. I grew up in the streets. Tom grew up in the streets. Um, I got lucky. I got out of the streets. I grew up in Times Square. I was a runaway. I was 16 years old living you know, in the streets. The difference between me and most of the kids that were in the streets in Times Square is I worked, they, they sold their bodies. That was probably the difference. Mm. And uh, we all grew up a certain way. Tom had no place to stay. Uh, Curtis Sliwa of the Guardian Angels took Tom in and let him sleep at the, uh, at the um, Guardian headquarters because Tom was homeless, mm. you know? And, and the reason he was homeless is because my mother got sober for three years and took off and uh, literally left all her kids behind. And my father, uh, he was a workaholic and he, he, he was in denial. And uh, so we had a bunch of kids running around. You know? Did, you, did your lost, parents ever resurface I, after all of this went down? No, well, actually, my father died in 1995. Okay. Um, so he was very sick at the time, just started going down. Okay. Um, and then on, on top of that, my mother at that time had been sober. And when she got sober, she was meaner than when she was drunk. Really? Oh, wow. yes. Without a doubt. Wow, that's interesting. You know, yes. one, right. one guy we don't ever ask about, and I was just thinking about this. What was Lord Alfred Hayes' part in this whole deal? Interesting. Well, we, when, we were in the, uh, when we were at the hotel that night, um, Linda, we, when we came back from the, uh, the restaurant, uh, Linda and Vince took us over to the um, hotel. And I remember Linda saying, do you want to have some tea? And I'm thinking to myself, fuck no, I want some coffee. <laughs> and, you know, okay. So, so we went and sat down. And I remember Slick came walking right up to us first. And then right after that, Lord Alfred Hayes. And I always remembered him because he was dressed up in a suit and he had these white sneakers on he looked totally ridiculous and a victory yes but but you know what they gave vince set everything up the wrestlers happened to be at the hotel that night now and then when we went to wrestlemania uh we had backstage passes we met every wrestler vince we got pictures of vince with us in the ring taking pictures with us and uh little did i know at the time that we were in wrestlemania my friend Steve had just gone down 
to uh, set me up. So, you know, they were putting up with me because they had to put up with me at that time. But they wanted to get me out of the way. How frustrating is this for you? Because you clearly were being used. It seems to me you were being used and you didn't even seem to realize at the time. Sure, I'll go to WrestleMania. Do you do you have any... I know it's not easy to ask it this way, but do you no, have any, no, do you have any guilt me. feelings over this? Or? No, no. I used her in that. Okay. No. Okay. She got mad at me. As a matter of fact... When we started fighting after I got out of jail and I got on the phone with them and another call, Linda McMahon, she goes, we gave you tickets for WrestleMania and you're going to do this. And I'm thinking to myself, what? you gave me tickets. You didn't. Yeah, you didn't pay my motel room. I had to drive out there. You just gave me tickets and backstage passes. Not for nothing. What, what, kind of, what kind of fair trade off is that? We gave you WrestleMania tickets for what happened to your brother? This dude, is dude. Fu That's fucked up. They <laughs> gave me $20,000, too. Oh, OK. And front row seats. Are you, yeah. just no, here's the things. Here's the things about the seats, though. I don't. Yeah, I don't no. think Linda thought we were gonna. Linda doesn't think we were gonna show up, and we did. Oh. My friend Steve was with me, the one that turned that uh, okay. yeah. trade me. Right. When we got there, there were no seats. Okay. So then all of a sudden, I said to Linda, "We got tickets. There's no seats here." So wow. Linda made the people go get seats, and she made them make seats. And she put us on the side of the ring where the camera doesn't show, mm. you know, and that was and the camera never went to that side that night. And I always wondered why. Mm. And uh, yeah, and, and I didn't want the camera to go to that side that night because I was with my ex-wife and, and she was married. Oh, so I didn't want go. the camera to go. Look like, at you. Know? There you go, You're Lee. a cauldron of Lee, we're going to take a quick commercial break <laughs> oh, and then God. I wanted to come back to you and we're going to see, is there justice for Tom Cole? There we go. See Thank you. you. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No, I mean I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, 631-900-DUMP. Hmm. The Monty and the Pharaoh Show is brought to you by... Because wine is your second favorite four-letter word. California wine, New York attitude, good fucking wine. Yeah. Jeff Quest, graphics design, custom vinyl lettering, and all your art and video needs. 516-317-8204. That's for Jeff Quest, graphic design. All right, welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Only seen here out of Indie Music TV on or on Konkama, Long Island. Sorry, I'm stuttering. I want to thank our special guest, Lee Cole, who's making his second appearance on the show within one year. Yes, sir. Uh, Lee, I, we consider you a friend. Uh, we tweet back and forth. We talk on the phone. Um, the one good thing about our friendship is we can disagree, and I appreciate that we can do that. Um, with respect but yeah. i want to know if uh you're going to get any justice for your brother but i also want to make a statement too 
that, um, again, I am and always will be a big fan of Vincent Kennedy McMahon Jr. as an American and as a hero in my book that might not be popular with some people, and it's obviously not popular with you, and I respect that immensely. Absolutely. Um, but will your, will your brother get justice, or will this just go away? Well, it's obvious what's going to happen. You know, Vince McMahon right now is in this thing where he's really uh, restructuring who he is. If you look at the A&E shows and the interviews and all that, they're, ch- they're totally working on changing his image to a totally different human being. And I think that when people get to the mid-70s and, they, and you know, I'm at a certain age where I start thinking about things, uh, you know, you, you wonder about what your legacy is going to be. And I figure that he's going through that right now. But the fact of the matter is, as long as he doesn't face this and actually admit what happened and that he knew, you know, it's just lies. You know, and he knew what happened. He knew what it was going on with my brother and with all those boys, and he knew and who he knew who did it. And then on top of that, he knew that Pat Patterson was letting it happen, and he still kept Pat Patterson for years. He Pat Patterson stepped down, and right after he stepped down, uh, he made sure that Tom let him come back. You know, and when he had Tom coming back, they negotiated with Tom without his lawyer being in the room. And, you know, eventually the lawyer signed everything, but all the negotiation was done between Tom and Linda McMahon. No lawyer. And, you know, if you guys don't know Jerry McDivitt, he's a brilliant lawyer. Mm. And uh, and took on the, uh, when you take on the government, and the government loses very rarely in court, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he beat him. Oh, yeah. And he beat him. Lee, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I think that, when someone passes on, especially somebody like Vince McMahon, which of course will happen one day, I feel that the truth and people willing to tell the truth may come out a lot easier after Vince is gone. Any thoughts on that? Maybe not. I think that one of the things I noticed is like I see all these old time wrestlers and in their head, they're all thinking, oh, I still can go back. You know, Vince has this show now where they're treasure hunting. Right. And you got all these old timers coming back and stuff. Sure. sure. You know, these these people, you know, and you can't blame them. Most of them were broke. They didn't make a damn dime. And um, and, you know, you know, they all have that dream or the dream of going to the Hall of Fame. Mm hmm. You know, there's a lot of things, and and they're still afraid of upsetting everything because they're afraid that they might not get something. You know, a lot of a lot of them made a lot of dimes. To correct you on that, I understand your point, but a lot of them made a lot of money and blew it on drugs and shoved it up their nose. But but here lies here lies the problem. I find it very hard to believe Mm. that there's not one normal human being out there that's not driven by money or fear that they would allow this stuff to go on and not speak up. I mean, we're talking a long list here from. Bruno Sammartino, the superstar Billy Graham, the Jesse Ventura. So I mean, much. look, we had a Somebody conversation where you up. felt that we were kind of pressuring the guys in here to talk good about Vince McMahon when they were no, on the show. That's not. We don't have to. We don't have any special brainwashing code. Nine out of ten guys who walk in here, and you could you could polygraph me on this one. They absolutely freely 
respect and like Vince McMahon. I, I don't know what to tell you. We have never, ever, ever seen anybody. I, tot- I totally respect Vince McMahon mm-hmm. as a brilliant man. Of course. And the best at what he does. Understood. There's no doubt. To, mm-hmm. He's the Dana White of wrestling. That's how I look at it. Sure. Dana White, you know, there's just people that are certain levels and they're never going to be replaced. Right, right. And, and, and he's one of them. Of course. But that still, doesn't give him, that still doesn't give him a free pass. No, I understand. And, you know, I understand. Uh, and, and, you know, I, you know I'm, a, I'm lucky to be alive today. You know, a lot of people in my position would not even be alive with the way I grew up. Right. And right. Uh, eventually, you know, it's, it, and eventually it caught up to Tom. Tom had a very rough life from a very young age. And, mm. you know, people say, Oh, well, you know, why did he kill himself? He had three beautiful girls. He had a million-dollar house. He had a great job, a beautiful wife. He had all that. But, you know, depression's a hell of a thing. Can I I get your So did Freddie Freddie Prince had all that, too. Freddie Prince was great, very talented. Can I get your unfiltered response on this? When Pat Patterson recently passed away, were you glad? No. Okay. I'm not going to be glad that anybody dies. Okay. What was your What was your yeah. feelings on it? Were you Were you somber? Were you What What went through your mind? Honestly, I yeah. felt when I when I seen Pat Patterson on that show where he was crying, I felt he was sincere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes in my life that I regret, mm-hmm. and only Pat Patterson knows whether he regrets mm-hmm. that some of the things he did. He probably regrets ever knowing Terry Garvin. Right. Are trusting him as much as he trusted him. Um, right. I believe that you know, and I also believe that uh, it's like you said, and um, the gentleman Lepard, the, the gentleman that wrote the book about Andre. Uh, you know, I did a, a show with him uh, on my YouTube station, and uh, he defended Pat Patterson no matter what. It didn't matter what I said. He had his mind made up. His exact words to me was, well, you know, back in those days, that's just how it was. People joked around like that. And, you know, that's just how, and you said it too, uh, just now, uh, Monty, you said it a little while ago. Mm -hmm. But, you know, yes, but you don't do that with kids. Agreed. Spell this out for me, though, so I fully understand the circle here. Was Pat Patterson, the Jerry Sandowski, like, you know, for Penn State, was he like the ringleader of all of this insanity? No. Okay. Who, I think who, Pat, who was the I ringleader? Think, yeah. Terry Garvin. Terry Garvin. There's okay. no doubt in my mind, Terry Garvin. Okay. Terry Garvin used Mel Phillips. It was a grooming process. And what they did is they groomed it out. There was, okay, Mel, Mel would get all these kids and then and, and he would take the best looking kids at the handful of them. And basically he would tell Tom that Terry's big thing was breaking the kids. Mm. He liked when the kids said no to him because then he could get, you know, that was a challenge to him. Tom said no to him when he was 16, Tom even left and he was like, fuck that. I'm out of here. And then he comes back and they say, okay, so who's running the warehouse? Terry Garvin's running the warehouse all these years later. Three years later, he's running the warehouse. He wants Tom back. Mel goes out and says, hey, Tom, I got a job for you at the warehouse. Now, Terry Garvin's running the warehouse. He has to prove everybody that comes into that warehouse. 
So this was just a game to them. Mel Phillips and Terry Garvin worked together, and Pat Patterson was a fool more than anything. That's what I believe. So, Lee, we're about, we're about out of time. What kind of message do you want to send out to the people watching this? What would you like to see for Tom? What would you like to see for yourself? Well, you know, it's one thing. It's, I, I think the most important thing is that when people are so depressed, um, I remember my brother was calling me and I was getting mad at him because he started affecting my life. Um, and because I started worrying about him, calling people, trying to find out where he was and what he was doing. I didn't listen good enough. And I think that people have to, even if someone is becoming annoying and threatening to kill themselves. Right, right. You got to, you you can't let go. Because when I talked, I called the police, uh, the first detective on the scene when Tom killed himself. And he told me that when he got to the house, he's been to murder scenes and everything in his life. And he said it was the most tragic scene he ever seen because Tom's three beautiful little girls were on the front lawn screaming and crying and it's very powerful you know the way that this whole thing went down is very powerful and i hear that his wife goes in his room now where he committed suicide and talks to him all the time she goes to the cemetery and says why tom what did i do wrong and then his middle daughter was always fighting with him so his middle daughter believes that she's responsible so you know it's uh it's not. It's not pretty, you know. When girls are in their, when the girls are in their teenage years and they lose their father, you got to remember these girls walked into the room and seen their father hanging. Mm. You can't get more. You can't get more real than that. And uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've I thought many times about hurting myself right after my brother died because my brother. You know, my brother just said that he wanted to go be with, you know, in the last three years we lost, I lost two brothers and a sister. And to all my youngest brothers and sisters, two of them overdosed by drugs and Tom killed himself. I, so, I, would, I would hope that the rest of you will all pull together and I hope you have since the tragedy and remember you still have each other. Well, the, there's people mad at me and my family because of the fact that I won't let this go. They're, they're like telling me, just let it go, you know. And I tell them to mind their business. They're not even talking to me, but I don't care. Someone has uh, to, uh, someone's got someone's to fight the good fight. Someone's got to fight it. They don't understand it because they weren't part of it when it happened. You mm. know, when Tom and I were very close. You know, it's like I said, you know, I was, told, I was telling my partner that, you know, my brother used to call me like maybe three, four times a week and we talked two hours. Mm. And I didn't see him for 10 years. But we still talked. And, you know, not having him call me is very, very, very sad. Well, Lee, you're a good man. Um, you're a friend of the show. We consider you a good friend. Keep the good fight. Your brother, yourself, your family is in our prayers. Again, um, we only wish the best for you, and we just want you to reach the... Uh, the pinnacle of whatever you're trying to accomplish here. Uh, coming from my end, Lee, I'm, I'm really sorry that your family had to go through any of this. And I, I really hope that you stay strong, no matter what, because I do believe your brother would want you to be strong. That That's all I could say about that. I, I'm really no. sorry that you had to go through this shit. Part of my French. Lee, I, you, I appreciate 
I appreciate you guys because you guys have been the most sincerest out of all the shows. And I really appreciate that. You ask me how I'm doing. You get in touch with me out of the blue. You guys are really decent people, and I really appreciate it. We appreciate Thank that. You. Can you plug your YouTube channel for the fans out there, please? There you go. If you go to Lee Cole uh, 111, uh, my station will pop up. And right now, uh, I got some uh, a lot of stuff there on the scandal. Uh, and then I also got some other stuff that I'm doing right now. And I'm just having fun right now, just trying to build my station up. My son has a very popular station. And uh, I was working with him, and I said, what the hell? Let me go build my station back up. So a couple of weeks ago, I started working on it again. Good father and son uh, combination. That's great. We Excellent. were working together. It was, it's, yeah, my son, my, my son got me through all of this. That's great. Excellent. All right, Lee, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining the show, brother. Thank you, guys. You take right. care. Thanks, Lee. Take it easy, brother. All right, Farrell. Pretty intense uh, interview, my friend. Pretty intense show this week. Yeah, I'm I'm spent. I'm just spent. I I'm trying to shake the image that he just described of the girls. I that, I don't know, man. That's rough. That's rough. My deepest problem with this whole thing, with everything, that's very we, we rough, talked man. about the Joni thing. We talked about this. Yeah, this was this was packed. You're talking. Does anyone have a good heart out there? I don't know, bro. I really don't. At this point, I don't even know what to think about anything. This has been a rough one. This has really been a rough one. I. Uh, how often is the Pharaoh speechless? I'm practically speechless over this one. I well, don't know. You, you know who's got a good heart? The fans that are watching this show, and this Monday at four o'clock. We've got the perfect 10. Baby doll. Baby dolls in studio. And I don't think that's going to be as intense of an interview, right? No, please. I, don't, I can't take another one of these. What are you talking about? You trying to you trying to age me here? We got baby, got baby doll, doll in studio, a special right. Monday show. We're asking everybody to join hey. us. It's going to be a great interview. Uh, again, baby doll, in my opinion, is one of the first women to... Uh, get this whole ball rolling with the, with the women's evolution. Absolutely. They should all cut her a check. Go on. Our prayers go to the Cole family. You've been watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty Nefaro. I'm Mike Monty. This is the Pharaoh. And until next time, be well. Thank you, everybody out there. Todd, Maria, Phil, Stinger, CJ, Mr. Iron. We love you guys. Talk to you soon. Later. 802.